The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people. Live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. Here to set you free. Happy Friday. I'm Leslie Marshall, and we are excited to have our next guest on, but not uh, the circumstances which led uh, to our next guest. Um, We are excited about looking forward and looking at the future. And as everyone listening to us and watching us out there throughout the world knows, um, the USW, United Steelworkers, uh, President, former President Tom Conway passed away unexpectedly. Um, and he was, uh, uh, you know, we, we loved him personally and professionally, great friend of ours and uh, a great friend of the Leslie Marshall show and did so much for so many. After his passing, you always get worried. I know the USW members, uh, you know, workers, you know, throughout, you know, the country and, you know, the world actually, you know, thought who is best um, to, you know, take up that torch. And I could think of no better um, choice than our guest today. Um, We have the new president of the United Steelworkers, the USW, Mr. David McCall. President McCall's career of fighting for fairness and justice for workers actually began when he was a member of Local 6787 in Burns Harbor, Indiana. He worked as a millwright at the sprawling integrated steel facility, and he joined the union staff back in 1985, served as the director of the USW District 1 from 1998 until 2019. And over the course of his career, he successfully fought to preserve thousands of jobs in the steel industry and beyond. He has also chaired USW master contract negotiations with Cleveland Cliffs, Republic Steel, Timken, Graphics Packaging, and others. Check out the website, USW.org, and please follow them on Twitter and on Instagram at Steelworkers. Um, First and foremost, um, you know, congratulations. I know this isn't the way, President McCall, that you uh, would want to join us uh, and, you know, be the president of the Steelworkers. But today, um, I I wanted to talk with you because you know him and knew him better than, you know, we did. uh, And that is former president, uh, your predecessor, Tom Conway. And we want to talk about remembering uh, former president uh, Tom uh, Conway. Um, Great loss on September 25th when the international president, uh, Mr. Conway, passed away. Thank you for joining us. And, um, you know, perhaps you could tell us um, some of your thoughts. Well, Leslie, uh, thank you very much for the very kind words and and for the words about Tom as well. Um, It is, uh, we're all mourning a a big loss, uh, both both our union and me personally. Uh, Tom and I are friends for 45 years. And you talk about, uh, I came out of local 6787, Burns Harbor. So did Tom. We worked together in the mill as millwrights. Uh, He worked in a Coke plant and then I worked in steel producing. And I actually met him in 1978 um, when when he first started working at the plant. I met him in our testing area. You know, he was a 
a veteran of the Air Force and and was a, a jet mechanic, jet engine mechanic in the Air Force. And when he got out of the Air Force, he was um, uh, teaching uh, jet mechanics at Teterboro uh, Airport in New Jersey. And um, Bethlehem was out headhunting, looking for millwrights and and uh, electricians. And they were there uh, visiting some of the students he was training. And Tom's story was is that he was listening to what the offer was for people to. Uh, come to work at Burns Harbor, and he he convinced them to give him the test, and of course he aced it, and uh, he came out to work in the plant. He said that they told him he'd be a millwright in the coke plant, and he envisioned, remember this is 1978, he envisioned uh, wearing a white lab coat and working on something like microwave ovens. He said it was a real shock when he got to Burns Harbor and worked in the coke plant, but uh, he was down in the training center and testing, and I was down there helping some of our guys. I'd I was a journeyman uh, craftsman there at the plant and was helping some of our guys with their testing. And that's when Tom and I met and started talking and formed a lifelong uh, friendship. And uh, we're going to miss him. We're going to miss him a lot. We, our union's strong and, and resilient. And much of that is the thanks of Tom and his predecessor's leadership and their vision. And, you know, Tom, Tom had, a, had an opportunity to put a lot of people in place in, in terms of building our bench and, um, I look forward to the challenge, but, uh, the challenge is going to be much smoother for me because of, uh, the work that Tom's done over the last four years as, as our international president. And certainly the work he did, uh, for 15 years before, as he was the uh, vice president of administration for, uh, for our international union. Uh, ab- abs- absolutely. There are so many things that, uh, former president Conway did, um, his legacy involves uh, innovations and breakthroughs on, on a number of fronts. Um, he bargained cutting-edge contracts uh, against all various sectors uh, in the United Steelworkers. Um, and, you know, you taking up his torch, obviously, you understand, as he did, that companies need to be successful, but they can't be successful if they don't pay their workers good wages, if they don't provide um, good, you know, benefits. But one thing that he did, almost like a Republican and a Democrat working across the aisle to a degree, um, he worked with them. He worked with those companies. Um, I would imagine that's something that you plan to carry on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, Tom used to um, famously say, I want the companies to make a lot of money so I can take a lot more away from them. Um, that was his view. But it wasn't just, as you said, about wages. It was really about the future for him, too, as as all of us believe that uh, companies need to make sure they're not only investing in workers, they need to invest in, in capital expenditures. They need to make sure that uh, there's a long-term future for our members and for their families and the communities we live in. So uh, making sure that uh, the newest technology, the newest uh, uh, upgrades and equipment was available so that we could continue to do that was important to him too. And like he used to say, you know, our members work in their jobs for decades. Uh, some of the managers, they get their golden parachutes and go on about their way. They only care about the short term. Uh, Tom said, we always, you know, we live for decades in those communities. We need to make sure that we secure uh, employment security, economic security, and retirement security for our members who are there for for 30 and more years, not just uh, six months in a big paycheck. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, 
you know, workers and their needs need to remain at the forefront. And former President Conway has done that. The USW has done that since its inception. And with you at the helm, I know it will continue to. Um, you know, uh, maybe you could uh, talk a little bit more about the health and safety provisions uh, that, you know, were successfully bargained uh, with former President Conway's leadership, uh, including that oil strike back in 2015. It was uh, it was a major focus uh, for him in, in 2014 when we started the oil bargaining across the industry about uh safety hazard, the hazards that were around, we, how we needed to identify those hazards and and uh, make sure that workers uh, were educated and, and understood what the hazards were so that we could stop work when we needed to to prevent um, the serious injuries that would happen in the industry. And that was really the, the major fight over that strike uh, was about the health and safety provisions that we were very successful in, in achieving, along with making sure that we had union advocates on the job uh, and trained uh, to identify those safety hazards and eliminate those hazards. And that was a, a major breakthrough uh, for for our union and for our members um, uh, during during those bargains. And of course, even when once he became president, he always kept his finger on that and made sure that the leadership that we have in our uh, industry, our oil industry, uh, was was prepared to pick up the pick up the next. Uh, round of bargaining, and he's done a great job in putting people in leadership positions for that as well. Um, also, there were a number of rounds that, you know, people think, oh, USW Steel, it's a lot more than steel. And I think most people know that by now. But there is steel, right? There is steel bargaining uh, to be had and to be made. And that's something he did that helped stave off calls for concessions, ensure fair pay, high quality uh, benefits. Um, you know, that's all, you know, part of the job. And he did that and he did it well. I know you're going to do it. Um, just as well. And, you know, who knows, maybe even better. Um, but, um, you know, there were a number of those steel bargaining rounds that took place uh, during his tenure as president. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, the steel industry, uh, we still make a lot of steel in this country. And matter of fact, we're the most productive steel workers anywhere in the world uh, in terms of man hours per ton that are produced. And and part of that has to do with that that constant uh, concern about making sure that we've got the right equipment and the right technology and the right CapEx in place. And it's been through those kinds of bargaining as well that we've made sure that we secured the future of our of our members with pension. You know, back in the late 90s and early 2000s, we had all the steel companies going bankrupt and we had members that were losing their health care and losing their pensions. And we've put the safeguards in place now where we've got VIBAs that back up those health care benefits. Um, for any future need that we might need. And, and of course, our pensions, many of our pensions now come from a multi-employer pension fund that is overfunded and and in good shape. And, you know, throughout uh, Tom's career, it, it, it as I said, he's always he was always focusing on what the future was going to be with the long-term uh, viability and sustainability, not just for the companies, but for our members and their families. And you read my mind. We are going to talk about the future um, and also had Tom, Tom had his eye on it, just like you do, uh, President McCall. We'll be back with the new president for the USW, the United Steelworkers, President David McCall. Check out the website for USW, USW.org, on Twitter and Instagram. Follow them there, at Steelworkers. Back in a moment. And we're back. I'm Leslie Marshall. 
We have joining us and, and the pleasure to honor uh, the new president of the United Steelworkers, Mr. David McCall. Uh, uh, the USW, you got to check out their website. They do so much for so many. USW.org. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram and see everything that they're doing. They're, every day there's numerous things going on state by state, nationwide as well. Um, at Steelworkers is the handle both on Twitter and Instagram. President McCall, thank you for holding. Um, welcome back. For those that aren't aware, and I think most people do, it made international news that on September 25th, we lost Tom Conway, the former international president of the United Steelworkers, um, now taking up the torch as President David McCall. We are remembering Tom Conway, uh, remembering things that he did. And before the and before the break, you had said, uh, President McCall, you had talked about the the future. And that's one of the things that I think you know, former President Conway understood that when you fight for working families, it's not just about pay, it's about securing that future, right? Um, I, I know one of the things that, you know, Tom did, he was instrumental in developing the Institute for Career Development, the ICD. Um, you know, tell us a, a bit about that. Yeah, well, that goes that goes all the way back into the 80s when we first bargained that into, lar- uh, into uh, many of our uh, steel industry contracts. And the concept around ICD was to provide uh, our members with opportunities to expand their education, to expand their skills and talents outside the industry, not just necessarily inside the industry. So, you know, since the development of that program, which goes on today and is um, highly, highly utilized by our members, uh, many of them go back to school, get degrees and accounting or or many other areas where they might have interest in, and it's all of their choice. Uh, also, we do uh, what we call Swing Shift College, where, where lots of times at union halls, uh, local community colleges will come in and set up classes at seven o'clock in the morning when people are getting off the midnight shift or at one o'clock in the afternoon before they go to work uh, in the afternoon. So it's steelworker-driven uh, adult education uh, programs and skill enhancements that we provide, including, you know, basic uh, skills around electricity and and mechanic uh, mechanical engineering and that sort of stuff. So uh, it's it's uh, well utilized and a benefit that thinks about the future of what somebody might want to do if if they wanted to get out of the steel industry or if they wanted to just improve uh, their current status in terms of their education. So. Uh, it's it was an innovative and um, uh, unique idea that was developed initially developed um, uh, sort of in the strategic mind of Lynn Williams, our previous international president, but one that Tom picked up the the idea and the goals of it and really implemented it across the industry. Yeah, because I mean one of the great things about the and there are many, but the Institute for Career Development, the ICD, um, you know. One, it's a training program that, you know, is between labor and management, right? Um, right? It's enshrined in those bargaining agreements, but it offers workers the opportunity to learn new skills. And, you know, some people are really happy with what they're doing and that's what they want to do. But some people want to branch out. They want to make a change. They want to move up. Learning a new skill enables a lot of people to do that. Exactly. Exactly. And, and even some basic skills too, uh, Leslie, I mean, they're, you know, they're maybe not so much, uh, today, but you know, a, a decade or two ago, we had a lot of people in the industry that might add issues around being able to have basic reading skills, uh, 
and as computers started to begin, become uh, more and more uh, prevalent throughout society, we had a lot of members who, you know, were afraid to turn one on or something. So we would have uh, computer training and skills around uh, Microsoft and some of the other uh, programs that are available that's helped a lot of people progress into society as well. You know, um, one of the things I don't think people understand how much, you know, you as president and and you being a part of the leadership, you know, before um, your current present, you know, position as, you know, the top of the heap here, um, there's there's so there's 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 so much uh, working with politicians, right? Because there's so much legislation that affects workers, um, you know, whether on a, a state level um, or a national level, you know, federally. And under the leadership of former President Conway, um, when you have the union workers and you have the activists, everybody working together, there was a major victory achieved. And I'm talking about the passage of the Butch Lewis Act. Um, and and th- this was this was just incredible, uh, a win, not just for unions, but for workers, I mean, for for Americans. Um, can you speak to us not only about the you know Butch Lewis Act, but former President Conway's, you know, part of that and and maybe even, you know, some of the things you're looking at going forward as president with regard to legislation uh, that needs to be passed or needs to be prevented from being passed. Yeah, certainly. Uh, well, look, in terms of the Butch Lewis Act, you know, and there was several or there's many uh, multi-employer pension plans that uh, after the economic disaster of 2008, 2009, were really in a, in a pinch in order to have uh, funding and be able to um, assure those pensioners that were in those plans and ability to be able to uh, make sure that they had their steady retirement income coming forward. And, you know, the government, in many cases, they might bail out the auto companies, they might bail out the banks, but what about the pension plans that were in trouble through no fault of their own uh, because of the economic crisis of, of eight and nine? Uh, the Butch Lewis Act uh, secured uh, uh funds for those pension plans that were in trouble so that those retirees didn't take cuts in their pensions. And in our particular case, it's over 100,000 steelworker members that belong to various plans that uh, by virtue of passage of the Butch Lewis Act, which was uh, heavily, uh, heavily lobbied by our by our union in in Washington and, you know, under Tom's leadership, we had a full court press about making sure that legislators understood that in order to get it passed. And it was an, an important, important uh, victory for us. And, you know, uh, our, our vice president at large, Roxanne Brown, who really runs our Washington office every, every day is out there working about talking to legislators, whether they're, whether they're Republicans or whether they're Democrats, we, we talk to them about what's important for workers. And although sometimes it goes on deaf ears, um, the steelworkers lobbying efforts under her leadership and under the direction of Tom, what Tom would give uh, have been very successful in making sure that uh, people in Washington understand the plight of workers is as plight as is as big a plight as it is for anybody. So uh, we're we're proud of that work and it continues. I mean, with the with the passage of the infrastructure uh, bill, the Inflation Reduction Act, the Chips and Science Act. Um, there's all kinds of opportunities uh, for new, not just in our traditional sectors, but uh, for new areas of of uh, industry, uh, whether it be around carbon capture and carbon reduction and wind and solar, 
all those all those uh, legislative acts uh, provide funds for building out um, not just uh, new industries but also our supply chains and you know it's important that it be made in America, built in America with American workers and under those acts and under this administration uh, union workers and um, you know we're developing community benefit agreements that go along with some of those applications and um, uh, advanced manufacturing training that we're helping with jointly develop with some of these companies and there's real opportunities around organizing them in new employment and that's an important important aspect of what the future is absolutely president of the united steelworkers the new president for the usw mr david mccall we'll be back with president mccall right after this i'm leslie marshall check out the usw website in the meantime usw.org on Twitter and Instagram, follow them at Steelworkers. Back with you and him after this. We are back. We shaved off some time on the breaks there because we got a little bit of um, a later start than I had wanted to, and we don't want to lose one minute of our conversation with the new president of the United Steelworkers, the USW, Mr. David McCall. Again, the USW does so much. Um, you may want to look at different opportunities or just be interested in what they're doing and, and what a union does for its workers and maybe what a union could do for you in your workplace. Go to the website, usw.org, on Twitter and Instagram. Follow them at Steelworkers. And, um, you know, really appreciate you holding uh, through the break, President McCall. Um, we are talking about, on September 25th, the passing of former President Tom Conway. Uh, we're honoring his memory, and uh, we're talking about uh, not just uh, the great achievements over the years of the USW, uh, but what was achieved with Tom Conway, former president of the USW, uh, at the helm. Um, Tom also was committed, and uh, he and I talked about this. You know, I think there are people out there that, th you know, the people that think USW is steel and a bunch of white guys <laughs> <laughs> haven't looked at the USW and need to go to that website, usw.org, right now. Um, but one of the things that uh, Tom was committed to was building a diverse movement. Um, he had many efforts that contributed to building a strong, strong future for workers, but um, diversity is key, right? Diversity is key within the movement and also progression. Um, you know, as things change, right? We're, you know, we're changing, uh, you know, whether it's, uh, oh, okay, now there's going to be electric vehicles or, you know, I mean, it, it's, we live in a very fluid world um, with regard to uh, infrastructure and to manufacturing. Um, so, you know, if you could speak to the diversity of the USW and Tom's commitment to that. Yeah, it, it, you're absolutely correct. You know, our, our world is changing all the time. Certainly our union is changing. And, you know, we represent, we went out, uh, Tom set up a, a sort of an organizing strategy about uh, we, we need to think about uh, strengthening the union across all sectors. And, you know, we represent, um, we organize 3,500 faculty members at the University of Pittsburgh. We, for decades, have um, represented uh, uh, educators at the University of Toronto in Canada. We in Canada, we've been organizing the Starbucks uh, best re, um, baristas, and and uh, we recently had a, a large uh, uh, organizing success uh, with 1,500 new workers down in Georgia at Bluebird uh, Bus. You see all these school buses that are built by 
Bluebird uh, Bus Corporation, and and uh, we're we're now uh, representing those workers, and actually in our first contract negotiations with them. So it was always about uh, making sure that you know take a JFK quote, or maybe I'm paraphrasing, but a, a rising tide floats all boats. So in a particular community, no matter uh, who you're representing, if you can raise their wages, raise their benefits, make sure that they're working for companies that are um, taking advantage of, of uh, some of the legislation that's gone on in Washington or whatever, uh, that you can raise the economy in those areas, that's good for all workers. And and so the diversity for us is, is about um, what's best in those communities so that we can all, when we do better, everybody does better. And that's kind of the philosophy he had, whether it was around, uh, we've organized professional football players and museum and library workers and all sorts of, um, you know, high tech workers that you wouldn't traditionally think about in, in um, smoky uh, steel mill communities, which by the way, we don't make too much smoke in the steel mill communities anymore. It's pretty environmentally safe, but uh, it can be better, and we're working on that every day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, one one of the things I know that he spearheaded um, also was an innovative organizing initiative, and so people that you know were rank and file within the USW, uh, they would join. Uh, they would encourage their fellow workers to uh, talk about joining the labor movement, and you just got to look at you know the payout from that. Um, there were some huge victories uh, organization wise. Um, in the United States and in Canada, you know, some might say some of the union's biggest wins uh, in over the years as a result of that. Yeah, and I, I think that was part of the, you know, I know that's part of the strategy that, that he developed was putting organizers in communities. And as I said, uh, whether it be the uh, faculty members at the University of, uh, of Pittsburgh or or whether it's at Bluebird or Starbucks, we, we put organizers in those communities to talk to people who are workers and tell them what the benefits of the union would be and how we can all uh, uh, raise our standards of living by working together and cooperating together. So um, it's it, it, it's an effort that has paid huge dividends for us already and, and we'll, we'll continue to do that. We'll continue to stay on that organizing strategy and plan that uh, that he really uh, led for us and developed for us. Oh, a- a- absolutely. Um, wanted to point out some of those 3,500 faculty members at the University of Pittsburgh joined the USW, baristas at Starbucks as a coffee shops across Canada, 1,500 workers at George's uh, Bluebird Court bus factory that you mentioned earlier. Um, and uh, you know, from so many different areas of the work spectrum. I mean, you have waste disposal workers, you have museum workers, library workers, high-tech workers, airport workers, prison chaplains, even football players, all have joined the steel workers' ranks. Uh, Many would say this is a result um, of uh, former President Conway's initiative. Oh, it absolutely is. It it absolutely is. uh, It's worked and it's worked well. And we're getting first contracts in those areas and, and, and developing relationships uh, with the workers and with those companies as well. So it's, it's uh, paying off big premiums so far. Oh, uh, you know, absolutely. Um, I want to talk about building out the bench. That was something that Tom invested heavily uh, in. Uh, under his leadership, the union held its first international next-gen conference uh, back in November of 2019. Um, do you have plans to do uh, something like that? Because, 
you know, I, I, I think widening the net, you know, for, for members and, you know, you know, educating people on what unions are and what they aren't um, is, a, is a great idea. Especially with young workers as they come into our workplaces and our work sites uh, to make sure that they have the same opportunities that, uh, you know, Tom and I did when we first started working in the plants to make sure we they're educated by and mentored by our current leaders and our current members to make sure they understand that their participation in the unions, what makes us strong and their solidarity is how we achieve, you know, uh, how we achieve the good collective bargaining agreements that we all uh, benefit from. Uh, so uh, training, education, communication, and actually we have an, uh, our next next gen conference scheduled for later on this year. So uh, we're going to continue that work, making sure that uh, not only uh, new members coming in have opportunities to promote throughout the local unions and the international union, but they understand that they we have to all have a commitment together and, and work together in order to be successful. So we're going to continue that as well. And um, it's, it's, I been know beneficial. That. it's been beneficial so far. Oh, absolutely. Without question, you know, and, and smart and smart for you, you know, to keep it going. And, and, you know, I, I, I agree with you, you got, you know, you got to look to, you know, the youth, right. You know, coming up. Um, I think the last time that I spoke with Tom here on the show, uh, we had touched upon uh, how the USW built out the Veterans of Steel committees um, and to make sure to the fullest extent possible that the union was helping those in need, making sure that veterans' voices are being heard. Some things that are just so simple, such as, you know, putting up, you know, in the cafeteria or, you know, where people are in the break room, um, you know, notices as to programs that are out there for veterans or where you can get help, phone numbers, things like that. Um, talk to us about Veterans of Steel. I, I know under Tom's direction, the USW built that out, um, but I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I think it's a great program. As I mentioned to you before, uh, Tom was a veteran, an Air Force veteran, and served in Vietnam. Uh, so he understood um, the the challenges that veterans, returning veterans would have around uh, getting employment, and sometimes some of the issues that they face that uh, unless unless you're a veteran, you might not understand. So he wanted to make sure that we were communicating where help would, would be for veterans that need it, whether it was for um, uh, either financial help or, or uh, mental health help, uh, whatever whatever a veteran would need, we'd be able to supply them with information about where they could get their help, counseling from other veterans that we've got set up with our Veterans of Steel and, and where we've trained them to be able to uh, deal with some of those um, emotional uh, sort of uh, challenges that they face. So it's been an important uh, uh, part of our union and it continues to grow. We continue every day to get more and more veterans uh, volunteering for the program to to help other veterans and right. it's been a real real success story. We're going to be back with President McCall and when we come back uh, we have more things to talk about remembering uh, former President Tom Conway but we're going to talk about fair trade and job creation just in a moment with President of the United Steelworkers David McCall. 
follow Leslie on Twitter. Just go to www.twitter.com slash Leslie Marshall, and we'll be sure to share your tweets. We are back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome the new president of the United Steelworkers, Mr. David McCall. President McCall is joining us today. We're talking about the legacy and remembering Tom Conway, his predecessor, who passed away unexpectedly on September 25th. We mourn his loss. And um, I hate the term thoughts and prayers, but I do think it's okay to pray for and to think about and to send uh, good vibes um, to not only people he worked with and the entire uh, you know, union workforce in the USW, but also his family, um, you know, having lost a great man and a great man who was friends with another great man, the new president of the United Steelworkers, Mr. David McCall. As uh, President McCall mentioned, uh, he and Tom worked together. They've known each other, you know, for a very long time. Um, and uh, it, it's fitting that, you know, he would, you know, take the torch and continue uh, what former President Conway was doing. Uh, President McCall, thank you for holding and, and welcome back. I mentioned in the break, we're going to talk about fair trade and we're going to talk about job creation. Is it fair to say that these were probably Tom's top two? I mean, things that he you know fought relentlessly for, fair trade and job creation? Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember uh, when he first became a vice president of administration years ago, uh, he was constantly, and that was that was during much of the steel crisis or the second or third steel crisis that we suffered in the industry. He was constantly traveling to Washington to testify at at the ITC or congress congressional committees about fair trade and about uh, how co how countries cheated uh, on their trade agreements and how they would subsidize steel and and the need for uh, for duties and and countervailing duties and and you know country after country he would have to identify at the at those uh, at ITC testimonies or congressional testimonies and he became a real uh, more than an expert uh, on what various companies would or countries would produce and how they would get it in into the country and uh, into the U.S. and you know some of the some of the um, Buy America provisions that we have now, and they've been around for a long time, uh, much of it was developed by uh, language that Tom helped um, congressional aides work towards. Uh, some of them, for steel, for example, some of the melt and pour provisions that we've got in there that are important that countries just don't send in um, you know, raw materials um, and, then, and then have them finished somewhere in our countries. But the fact that we need to produce them um, from from the raw material state, so it um, he worked hard. He worked hard in in Washington around that. And when we talk about job creation, I mentioned earlier today about the issues around the green economy and and uh, innovative uh, uh, legislation that's been put forth about uh, being able to take advantage of of some of those laws around uh, solar and wind. And Tom was all over that, and and uh, really has signed. A multitude of neutrality agreements with new companies about uh, trying to help them establish uh, new jobs in this country. So, you know, I talked about, and you know, we touched upon how you have to work with political leaders in, in Washington, and it's not just about legislation to be created or you know to prevent legislation from being passed, um, but to ensure that there are laws that are on the books that are already on the books being enforced. Uh, trade laws, for example. 
I mean, you know, I, I know Tom had spoken about and, you know, the, the USW on the whole wants to prevent illegally subsidized and dumped products from damaging American industries. And that would also, uh, you know, further it, it would have a domino effect. It would destroy uh, good paying jobs. But he didn't just, you know, do this in steel. He did it with rubber. He did it with uh, tire, uh, many other industries. Um, can you talk to us about enforcing trade laws or other laws and working with political leaders um, to enforce um, those laws? Because a lot of corporations just expect uh, political leaders, especially if they're writing checks to their campaign or have lobbyists in their office every day, they expect them to uh, turn their backs, right? It's okay to have the laws on the books, but they're not enforced. And you guys are, you know, definitely there each and every day to make sure that these trade laws are being enforced. Yeah, and we've uh, we have initiated uh, trade complaints uh, in many different industries, as you mentioned, uh, not just in steel, but in tire and rubber and chemical and and uh, all sorts of different areas in paper. And uh, in, in the paper industry, where where uh, countries are are cheating, and uh, frankly, many of these companies who may uh, have um, uh, facilities in foreign companies, they they don't want to initiate those complaints. So in many cases, the, the union has done it on their own. And then after we win those uh, successful uh, cases, either with uh, tariffs or countervailing duties, uh, you know, a CEO would call Tom and say, quietly, thank you, please don't put my name in the news release. Uh, so, so, and working with legislators that understand and get it uh, was very, very important. And that meant a lot of one-on-ones uh, with Tom. At, at one point in time, uh, I, we had a particular legislator that, that said to us, look, uh, your union's not the biggest union in the country as far as we're concerned, and you certainly don't give us the most amount of money. But in Washington, you are the 800-pound gorilla. And that's because Tom could lead, a, you know, a hundred different steelworkers into Washington and lobby in their offices every day about what was important, or for several days in a row, about what was important in a certain a piece of legislation or in a need uh, to support uh, some violation of the trade law. So it it was, from Tom's perspective, uh, one of the most important things we could do, because again, it relates to uh, the future. If you ignore the industries and and all of a sudden illegal imports are coming into the country and our industries go away or can no longer compete and they disappear, They'll never come back, and that was that was always his focus to protect that in the current and future terms. Oh, absolutely. Another thing, and you're going to go through this as president, and I think every president, and Tom certainly had his share of uh, having to find creative solutions. Right? I mean, you work with companies, you work with lawmakers to create jobs. But you yourself have to be creative with the solutions to get that done uh, with these corporations, with these politicians. Listen, I, I think absolutely we need to be problem solvers. And, you know, where we get a company that will sit down with us, <clears throat> excuse me, sit down with us and talk about what the problems are, we can come up with solutions, whether it's the way we do work or the way we lobby or the way uh, we approach customers. Uh, as long as our members are getting a fair share of the pie, we can work with them and we can solve problems. And that's always our first initiative. Um, <clears throat> I I I, uh, I did an analogy um, at at uh, Tom's memorial the other day, which I think 
really uh, says something about him and what his personality was. As I said to you earlier, he was a, a jet mechanic uh, in the in the Air Force and later came to work at Bethlehem at the Coke plants. And when he was working there, when we worked there together as millwrights, he sort of got a reputation as a heat it and beat it millwright, which he did a lot of good work and could fix a lot of things with a sledgehammer and a torch. Uh, but he'd always approach things as a problem solver first. And if that didn't work, he'd get out the torch and the sledgehammer. <laughs> the same thing was true with companies. He always wanted uh, to work with them and sort of hone it and stone it and figure out the problem and fix it. But if they weren't willing to accept that, he could pull out a torch and a hammer just as easily and be a heated and beat it millwright as well, or a negotiator. So um, finding a way uh, to solve the problem, working together is our first choice always. And we're going to have to continue to do that and willing to always continue doing that. Oh, absolutely. Without question. Um, you know, there are partnerships out there, Alliance for American Manufacturing, uh, you know, who are on our show on a regular basis. Um, and that's one of the partnerships, one of the allied groups that's been formed with the USW, um, you know, in the past. And I know that, you know, Tom kept that up to have partnerships and allied groups. Um, can you speak to that and why that's important? Yeah, we worked uh, closely with Scott Paul and, and um, AAM. Uh, they do really good work about making sure that um, we continue with American manufacturing and built in and buy uh, build in America. Um, he, he, he's been a great partner for us over the years. Him and his whole staff. And Tom did work very closely with them, uh, making sure that they could be an independent voice um, in many ways. Uh, with legislators and with other companies who uh, needed to make sure that they were continuing to uh, manufacture products in in in, the, in America. So um, he clearly understood that those uh, community relationships, partnership relationships with with uh, other advocacy groups uh, was important. And we've uh, you know we've had uh, strong alliances with with many groups, especially AAM, and over the years. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, infrastructure, right? Another area where he was one of the loudest voices. We look forward to continuing the relationship with you at the helm of the USW that the Leslie Marshall Show has all of our listeners and our viewers, so many of which are union members or are very pro-labor if they're not working right now in a union environment. Um, I want to congratulate you on your new position. I know it's not a good way that it came about, but I know you'll do great things moving forward. And I know Tom is smiling down on you, President McCall. Um, and, uh, you know, he's rooting for you. And uh, he has your back just as you have the back of the USW and the workers. So thank you for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to be with us today. I'm honored uh, that you would be with us, uh, on with us so soon after the announcement of your presidency. President of the United Steelworkers USW, Mr. David McCall. President McCall, thank you. Thank you, Leslie, and thank you for all you do as well. <laughs>